Happy bank holiday, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It? Podcast. I'm your host, GB, and my guest today is Glasgow-born, world-travelling blood tourist. You have seen him in ICW, Insane Championship Wrestling, which can now be viewed on the WWE Network and uh, the tag team, the Fight Network. And basically, please just fix up because my guest is looking sharp. How you doing today, mate? You all right? I'm good, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. Looking forward to it. No, thank you for coming on today, mate. Uh, so basically, we're just going to have a little chit-chat, uh, basically about you, what got you into wrestling, um, essentially what have been your favourite moments, and uh, just basically go from there, really. So oh, believe it or not, by the way, I'm actually a fellow Scotsman. Uh, I'm not just saying that. Right. Um, basically, half my family's from Dundee, so I just thought I'd fire okay, out there. <laughs> no accent, <laughs> no. Um, But thought I'd share that. So we're here today to talk to you. So sadly, if we had actually recorded this a few weeks ago, I would have announced you as a current ICW Tag Team Champion. But unfortunately, oh. uh, you lost that recently. But you did, ho you did hold it for over a year. Can you talk to us, uh, basically, before we do talk about your career and go back in time, what was that like for you? Um, because you was actually the champion, well, we're still going at the moment during the pandemic. So what was it like for you to hold the belts? I mean, it, it, we, it was something that we'd worked hard for for a long time. Um, I'm glad that we got to win them in front of a crowd. Um, mm -hmm. It was one of, the, one of the last sort of shows that we did before the pandemic sort of came in. It was just a couple of months before. Mm. Um, I believe there was only one ICW show after um, we'd won them yeah. originally, so and, and we we had missed that show. It was always planned for us not to be there, so we uh, we didn't actually defend them until that cage match where we lost them. So obviously, yeah, I didn't want to mention um, that. It, was it wasn't, the, it wasn't the most ideal of rains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it, it wasn't the most ideal rain. Um, but I'm more than confident that we're going to get the tag titles back and we're going to give the people the, the reign that they wanted to see. Um, I think us having the tag titles in the first place was the, even the, the whole reason we were ever in that picture was because the people put us there and people people were vocal and said that they wanted to see us in, in, in the tag title picture. Um, and like I said, I'm confident well, we're going to come back and we're going to give them that, that live run that they wanted to see. Sweet, man. I do hope you get the belts. I'm not just saying that because you're my guest, but <laughs> I am a genuine fan as well. I appreciate um, that. So let's go back to the beginning a little bit. And what made you a wrestling fan? Most people the first started wrestling they ever seen was WWE. I was a bit different. Mm -hmm. um, my uncle was a big wrestling fan. So the, the, first, the first ever wrestling I'd ever seen was Sabu putting himself through a table. Really? Um, uh, yeah, it was, he was watching an ECW DVD. Yeah, um, that's my earliest memory of seeing it. Anyway, is um, is watching watching Sabu put himself through a table on an ECW <laughs> DVD, and I remember being like sort of in transfer at the sort of the madness of it. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, he knew that ECW wouldn't really be appropriate, but if I was into this whole wrestling thing, um, so he showed he was showing me WWE, um, and right away I was I've always been into like you know like superheroes and that kind of stuff, comic books. Um, so right away I was sort of in transfer to Hurricane. Um, mm -hmm. with Rey Mysterio and these sort of to what seemed to me as a child to be these real life superheroes um, yeah. just, I mean especially the Hurricane and then obviously as time went on I got into guys like Eddie Guerrero and Rob Van Dam and a lot of smaller guys um, I feel like I could relate to them more than the likes of like Kane and Triple H guys like that <laughs> um, and it like as I, as I started to discover the British scene somebody that I took a lot of inspiration from was Rockstar Spud he was like the first time I'd ever seen a wrestler who 
like Rey Mysterio was maybe the same height as me, but it was still Rey Mysterio was still jacked, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Rockstar's father, I was like, no, he 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 looks like me. So he he was somebody I was always a big fan of. Um, but I think in terms of like what what made me become a wrestling fan, I um, it's just really the madness. You know? um, just this sort of it's it's trash TV. You know what I mean? Um, and that's I think I, I try to bring that across in my own wrestling. Um, and mm. I try I try to bring across the, the stuff that got me into it. And again, that is just the the madness of the whole thing. So I will speak about it uh, eventually. But so that sort of explains why you're in ICW and it's just yeah, a perfect yeah. combination for you. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> like the perfect location for you. Oh, that's <laughs> cool, man. Um, I didn't expect Sabu as an answer because normally it's like, oh, it's, I have a, a Hogan slamming Andre or you know, yeah, Austin yeah, doing yeah. that. Fair enough, Sabu going through the table. That's, that's uh, wicked, quite, quite a unique introduction. <laughs> um, so you were a wrestling fan, but what actually made you want to become a wrestler? Um, in the first place because you've been doing it for about nearly 10 years now uh, can you just basically go into a bit of detail as to what made you want to become a wrestler and how you located the uh, was it Br uh, Premier British Wrestling Academy Premier British Wrestling I trained under originally so I don't I don't really I started wrestling really young mm -hmm. um, I, I believe it was just before my like my 12th birthday or something like that like, so I was you know really really young um, and a lot of people have this sort of story like, oh, I watched this match or I've done this or that, and it made me decide, oh, I'm going to go and be a wrestler. And they went and found a training school. Like, I don't really remember what made me want to be a wrestler because I don't ever remember not wanting to be one. Like, mm. it's, it's as far back as I can remember. It's just it's all I've ever wanted to do. And it was just always, like, my uncle had done you know, a couple of training sessions and stuff, and I always knew that you you could sort of train here. Um, a lot of people sort of didn't really know about a British scene, but I was always kind of aware of it. So I, I just knew as soon as I was old enough to, or at least old enough that I could blag it, <laughs> like <laughs> I was I was getting there. So I showed up just before my 12th birthday and started training um, in Barhead um, and just went from there, just uh, fell in love with it. Um, I'd done a lot of, a lot of training, um, obviously with the Premier British Wrestling Academy, there was a lot of seminars coming in and out. Um, so I was lucky enough to do seminars with guys like Paul London, Prince David, um, or Finn Balor, sorry, um, Zack Sabre Jr., like mm. Drew McIntyre. So there was always big names coming in and out. So I was really lucky in the sense of I got so many different perspectives from so, so many different people. And again, with so many different faces coming in, it showed me that there's a lot of different, a lot of different scenes. Um, it's one of the things that made me want to expand for an early age as well and get traveling about and that kind of stuff but i think even from a young age like and while i was while i was training i wanted i wanted to train everywhere that i could and um, i went and done some i done some training in denmark and i think that obviously worked really well for me in the long run um i mean i had uh, done a week sort of intense training seminar over there um and what after was that, that like for you um just in terms of what was was there like any real differences to how they train in denmark as to how they train here, well, Scotland for you, sorry, England. Um, so it was, it was, it was like not, nothing I'd ever done before, and um, they do hmm. it, they do it regularly. And eventually, I went on to coach a similar thing with for a different Danish promotion. But basically, what it is, it's a dance pro wrestling's faker break, um, sort of camp that they do each year. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's you wake up, you know, get breakfast. So say maybe eight, wake up at eight or nine, get breakfast, um, start training at ten, and then that's you right up until lunch. Um, maybe say one or two and um, you get a quick half hour and then that's you right back in training until I don't know maybe eight eight o'clock at night so you're, you're just re you're just wrestling all day for, mm -hmm. for, a, for an entire week 
um, yeah, yeah. And then there's a there's a show at the end of it that they do. I, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a brilliant experience for me. Um, and it's just so you go in and you you stay you stay in the in the venue. So you're like just like a sort of sleeping bag on the floor kind of thing. <laughs> and so it's quite quite gritty, I guess. Um, but I, I loved it. I fell in love with it. Um, it was one of the things that made me fall in love with the Danish scene in general. I, like right from then, I knew I knew I wanted to be a part of it. Um, there was, I think, one of the good things about wrestling is it is so international. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's like a universal language. So even though, I mean, most of them do speak English, but a lot, even though some of the guys spoke German or Danish or the very the people come from all over to do these. Mm. I feel like when we got in and wrestled, it was like a it's like a universal language. You know what I mean? Like wrestling, wrestling doesn't change much. It's just you know how the the people that are the people that are doing it. Um, everybody on the Danish scene is they're really hard working. Um, they don't they don't get to wrestle as much as we do in the UK. Obviously, a lot of a lot of young guys who are just starting out are even used to wrestling a couple of times a month at least. Whereas, you know, some of the top guys in Denmark are only wrestling you know once a month at times, um, just because there just, there just isn't as much mm. wrestling in that country. Um, but what I think it does for them is when they do get the chance to wrestle, they appreciate um, it. They they really appreciate it, and they're given one hundred and ten percent. You know what I mean? Like mm. they've been waiting all month for this. They 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 don't they don't get shows where they can just go out and half ass it and you know give like fifty percent. They they're given everything every time because they, they're, they're they're buzzing for it. You know what I mean? They've been they've, they've been wanting it. Yeah. Um, I think I think that really shows um, just in their sort of work ethic and stuff. And when you see them in the ring, you can always tell that they that they really care about it. Um, but I think going over and training over there is definitely one of the. It definitely gave me a sort of leg up. But I, I met a lot of people. I met people in Finland. I met people from Sweden, um, and used those sort of contacts later on in my career. So it was, I would definitely recommend you know for any sort of young wrestlers that are listening to go and you know try and try something like this out. I know they do it in different countries. Mm. Um, and in Denmark, they still do the same one I did at DPW. They do fake a break. Um, and then I went on to run my own one with CCW, Copenhagen Championship Wrestling. I work quite closely with them. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll do something again similar. But I would definitely recommend for any sort of young wrestlers listening, go out and put your face out there and try to make the connections because they're not, they're not going to come and find you. You need to go and find them. Oh, I really like that, mate. Um, I was just going to say, did you see like, a lot of people dropping out because, you know, if it's quite intense and you sort of you're quite new to it, you know, I can understand um, if you know if that was a bit too much. But for you to sort of enjoy that, but also appreciate it looking back, yeah, absolutely. Like mm. um, it, it is hard. Again, obviously, it depends. They bring in a, a different guest each year, so I mean, it can depend on the guest. But when I done it, it was pretty intense. Um, it was pretty hard going, and I think the numbers did only slightly, but they did dwindle a bit. Some people just you know can't can't keep up with it, but I guess that's that's almost kind of the point of putting the show at the end of it is it sort of it weeds out the the people who who only kind of want it, you know what yeah. I mean? And then the people who are still there at the end that's that's the guys who wanted it. That's yeah. the guys who have worked for it, and th those are the guys that are going to put on a, a better show for you. Um, but uh, yeah, I loved I loved everything about it. Um, I mean, I think it's it was a it was a life experience for me. I was only I think I was only maybe fifteen sixteen when I did it. So. So I would uh, yeah, I mean, that young. That, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's when I, I debuted when I was um, when I was fifteen, not long before my, my 16th birthday. Um, and as soon as I got the chance, I was I was out. Did they know your age? Just out of curiosity, or did you they do did like they, yeah, they, oh, okay. No, they, they knew. They knew. 
because I, I remember they were like, oh, we have this big, um, we have this big party at this bar, like after yeah. the show, and I'm like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> and one of the other guys who was with me was like, oh, he's only sixteen. And I was like, oh, mate. <laughs> like, oh, gross. I thought I was gonna, I, I thought, <laughs> thought I was gonna have a have a big mad one abroad, but it was was not to be. <laughs> That's cool, man. I just want to talk about your first match. Uh, I want to know what that was like for you. How nervous were you? Basically, what was your process for it? And what was the feedback that you personally received for it after? Was that against um, Kenny Williams? Um, or was that... Was yes, it my in... first match was um, was Kenny Williams. Oh, it was? Okay. So that was, um, <laughs> so that was for Premier British Wrestling at their, their Academy Attack shows that they used to run. So mm-hmm. um, they were running these um, basically training shows. Um, sort of family and friends kind of thing, but I think they would open. There, there was a few tickets that were sold to the public kind of thing. But Kenny had been doing, you know, he'd been up and down the UK by that point. He was making his name and stuff. Yeah. Um. So I was definitely almost somebody good. Um. And yeah, he sort of he he walked me through it. I was terrified by all means. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, I had I, I think I had like 30, 40 people like friends and family showing up just to kind of see me. So I had a just lot to of see support. That's, that's yeah. Cool. Um. So yeah, so I had, I had a lot a lot of support. All my friends and family coming to see my first match and that kind of mm. stuff. So, I mean, it, it definitely even even if even when you are scared, that sort of that buzz of that gives you that kind of adrenaline keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Um. I had I two two I had a manager and a valet. Um. At the time as well, who are close friends from from um from the training school. So. Again, I was I was surrounded by a lot of good people, um, good sort of just sort of good vibes in general. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. Um, because for my first match, I think I think it could have went a lot worse. Yeah. Um, by no by no means was it a classic, but I don't, I mean I didn't injure anyone, I didn't get hurt, um, and I don't think anything was a complete disaster. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know. And you're still Overall, here as well, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm still going, so so it couldn't, couldn't have been that bad. That's cool, man. Uh, just before I do talk about your ICW debut, um, I just want to sort of talk about the various companies that you've been wrestled, you've wrestled for, uh, including uh, Defiant Wrestling yeah, yeah. Um, at Hendry Mania. I just want to know what have been some of your favourite uh, companies uh, to wrestle in and also some of your favourite locations because I know like the, uh, is it the Garage um, is a very, it's quite a unique yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Like, it's become like the ECW arena in the UK. But I just want to know. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, just basically want to know other, other places, other companies, you know, just that have always, that stood out to you and um, places that you'd like to return to one day? Absolutely. Um, I see, like you were saying about the garage, the garage is like nothing else in the entire world. And I'll take any chance I get to, to talk about it. Like the, the crowds <laughs> in the garage, uh, there's, no, there's nothing else like it in the entire world. It's a completely unique experience. Um, I think it's a very Glaswegian experience as well, which I think is kind of cool. It looks um, awesome, man. It really does. But just, 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 yeah, they're just they're rowdy and they're, they're always into it. And if they're mm-hmm. not, they'll let you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's a, a very, a very, a very unique crowd. Um, and again, there's just there's it, there's nothing else in the world that's that compares to. It. Mm. Um, in terms of promotions that I worked for, one of them, um, none of you said that I really enjoyed was it wasn't Defiant when I worked for them. It was still What Culture Pro Wrestling. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But sorry. I mean, I had, I had a lot of fun working there. Mm. Um, the the shows that they were putting on at that time were brilliant. It was good. It was good to be a part mm. of that. Um, but one thing for me that's always been my most important thing is is traveling, getting out and about, and just trying to experience as many different sort of wrestling scenes as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as much as I enjoy working for places like ICW and what coach and stuff, I do like to go to kind of newer scenes. Like um, I went and I done some some stuff out in China for OWE. 
Um, that that was a brilliant experience. Getting yeah, to, what was that like? Like the language barrier? I mean, the culture? I mean, you know, how, I mean, how was like, it for you? The, the language barrier played a big part of it. I mean, we had to we had to plan our matches like two days in advance because because the, they didn't they didn't speak a word of English. So you had to walk through what you wanted to do and, mm. you know, make sure that everyone was kind of understanding it. <laughs> um, so it was like very heavily like rehearsed and stuff because because of the language barrier. Mm. Um, and just there was obviously there was a lot of cultural differences and stuff. It took a lot of getting used to. I mean, I think I lived on Papa John's and McDonald's for like two months because I was just, <laughs> I was just not feeling the Chinese food. And like your own super-sized me. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what, 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 what was really cool about it was I thought it was really unique in the sense of it was like going back in time and going back to one of these like Puerto Rico in the, like the 70s or something where they still believe it and they still, they still think wrestling's real because they, yeah. it, it's the first time they've ever seen it. So like there was one night I, me and my, my tag partner Rob Sharp, we we beat the uh, beat the baby faces or what? No, sorry, they beat us, um, and they're getting the hand raised, and I jumped them with a the chair after mm-hmm. the match, like pretty standard heel kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Um, and I turn around, and this big massive Chinese guy's like swinging at me, and security are like pulling away, <laughs> and another guy tries to run in, and basically every, everyone's kicking off, and they're like, get backstage right now, so we we get rushed away, taken away, yeah. Um, and it gets to the halftime, and I'm like, right, I'm going to go and have a cigarette. So I went to go out t- outside to smoke, mm. and the booker runs around, and he's like, no, 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 far too dangerous, far too dangerous. <laughs> he's like, there's people waiting outside for you, you can't, you can't leave. And I'm like, all right, okay, so I had to, I had to stay in the building. Yeah. Um, and we only, we, we stayed, like, walking distance from the, it was the same, it was the same venue each week, and we stayed, our flat was walking distance from there. So we tried to leave after the show, and again, the booker's like, no, 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 there's an angry crowd outside, you still can't leave. We had to hang about for like an hour until like, until people left, because they just seen us as these big evil foreigners who'd come like in. they and, wanted your like, head. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like uh, these big evil foreign guys who came and cheated the good Chinese people. <laughs> um, it's been awesome. It was, it, it was brilliant. I mean, it scary at the time, like, but still, like absolutely, like it, it's, it's totally unique, though. Like, there's mm. nowhere else in the world really left that you can get that kind of that kind of experience and that kind of atmosphere from people where they're really believing that you're yeah that you're doing something wrong to them. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're getting people so angry that they that they feel like they need to help these people. You know what I mean? It's cool. Um, but one of the other places I really enjoy traveling to is Denmark, um, as, as I've been saying. Um, but I work quite closely with Copenhagen Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that in itself has been an amazing experience. Um, it's been a brilliant learning experience for me as well. Um, they first brought me in as a coach um, when I'd done, I'd done a week intensive seminar as well. And after that, I just sort of became a regular part of the roster, just sort of slowly, just more and more regular to the point I was, I'm, I'm there constantly now. Um, but I'm also working as a as a producer, um, helping put some of the matches together, that kind of thing. Um, helping just try and make it more of a of a TV show, um, as well as you know still keeping up the kind of coaching aspects of it. And I do a lot with the social media. I do commentary, so it's just I'm wearing a lot of different hats there. Um, and it's a good a good chance for me to experience different roles in wrestling, sort of build my own CV, mm. um, but also to get to be part of a promotion that's rising like from, from the ground up. Like When I first went to, to CCW, um, we wrestled in the Carlsberg Brewery, and there must have only been about about 20 people. Now they're selling out their show as 400 people. Um, it's really, they've got, a, they're on TV in Denmark, on Christiania TV. Um, so it's really, it's just blown up. Um, 
and just I feel like, I feel like I've been really lucky to get in at such an early stage and yeah. to get to, to get to grow alongside CCW and anytime anytime I can help me and I can offer to it I do um and I just I, again I just I feel like I've been really really lucky to to get in there so early and to be part of something that I do genuinely feel is going to be I feel like British wrestling's had its British wrestling's boomed a couple of times yeah uh, German wrestling's kind of boomed with WXW um, and we've we've seen different scenes in Europe kind of have their moment, and um, but I feel I feel like Denmark's the next one. I feel like the uh, Scandinavia in general. I feel like this guy like there's there's a lot more eyes going on. It's slowly going on to the, the Scandinavian wrestling scene, slowly catching on to it. And I feel like it's that's 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 the one to be watching right now. If you could recommend a few wrestlers um, from Denmark uh, for those that are listening that may not be familiar, I'm not I myself. Um, I'm not percent yeah. I am, so I'm, it's it's very interesting to hear that though because um, I'm sort of I'm sort of open to good wrestling. Uh, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So if you can name a few for me, that'd be great, mate. So I think the, the sort of the main guy in Denmark, you got Nitro Green. He's a European Cruiserweight Champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be challenging him for that belt at some point next year. Um, there'll be one taking place. I'm at one match taking place in Scotland, one taking place in Denmark. Um, so he's definitely something to check out. Nitro Green. There's Sebastian Day, who is a CCW champion for a very long time. And then, of course, there's a guy who beat him for it, which is a Copenhagen hangman. So those are your sort of three main guys in, um, in CCW. Um, you've got Pete Phoenix as well. Um, Saimash Fak, again, another two brilliant talents. They were a tag team for a long time, recently split, and have been having a feud, which has been really interesting, seeing some really sort of different stuff, sort of, Try to bring a wee bit more hardcore wrestling to Denmark as well, which is cool to see. It's cool to see the two doing that. I am, um, and then you got the founding father of Danish wrestling, Chaos, mm. who's been everywhere. Like, if you can think of an obscure country, he's he has wrestled there. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's that he's done it all. And um, he was on Denmark's Got Talent at one point, doing doing his thing, and yeah, it's on the name with him. Um, what what all, did he do on that? By the madness. way, I'm quite curious now. Um, it's. <laughs> It's a, it's a bit wild. They go on and scoop slam each other on the stage and bang each other's heads off the buzzers, and it's That's it was not cool. a, it, it was not a, it was not a good uh, representation uh, of the, of the it, it didn't go far scene, But <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, but chaos looked like he was having fun doing it. Um, Exposure at the end, day, isn't it? One of the best hardcore wrestlers in Europe, hundred percent. That's cool, man. Uh, I'll keep an eye out because even with like watching wrestling in Japan, I don't actually have an English commentary. So as long as yeah. wrestling's good, that sounds good, man. Absolutely. Like um, I said, it's a, it's a universal language. Um, I was going to say as well, because you're saying about, you know, you're, you're basically quite versatile in wrestling now, being a producer, and it's pretty good. You know, just, I mean, God forbid, but if anything does happen, you can still do these other roles. Uh, I just yeah, want to talk hopefully. about the online dojo that you have. Um, yeah. You know, if you could talk about some of the guests that you have, have had it on it, uh, sorry, let me try that again. Have had on it, and what sort of basically made you want to run your own dojo? So it really all came about uh, nowhere for me. I didn't expect none of it. Um, basically, some of the kind of local guys, um, obviously the the PBW Academy shut down, and these guys were sort of left without much, without anywhere to train. Um, and there was other schools in Scotland where their guys had been offered sort of online courses and stuff, and. And um, the guys who had been previously training at PBW were obviously left out with, with nothing, kind of. So they had, they had been saying that they wanted to do some online training. And eventually I was like, right, okay, well, I'll give it a try. I'd never done any online seminars, any online coaching at all. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, a very techie person, like in the slightest. 
Um, but I seen that they wanted it, and I was like, all right, I'll do it just for free, you know, just I'll just do it. Um, and obviously, I'm helping out at CCW as well. Yeah. Um, Colt Megan. So I reached out to those guys, and I was like, look, here's that way that you guys can do some training with me while I'm while I'm stuck over here, kind of thing. Um, due to obviously no sort of travel during the pandemic, so while I'm here, you can you can try you can do the, this online class. And eventually, I ended up at like sixty people in a group chat for this class. And I was like, look, I'm just going to make like a private group for mm-hmm. like just for this class, kind of thing. Um, and more and more people kept joining it and they were inviting people and everything else. And I was like, all right, I'm going to just, I'm going to just make something of this. I started looking, I was, one of the reasons I started looking at guests was I was like, I could teach these guys every week on my own and give them my own perspective or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give them my perspective on the group. I'll, I weigh in with some posts now and then and I give them advice. And if people want me to review stuff or look at matches, look at CVs, that kind of stuff, mm. I'll, I do that kind of stuff. So I'm I'm the constant. I'm always there. But I was like, in terms of the actual classes or the, the actual like Zoom calls and stuff, I wanted to get them a different guest each week. I wanted Because I want them to get as many different point of views as possible, as many different perspectives. Because I don't know everything. And no no one does. One of the things that I says on the group the other day is no one can teach everything. Yeah. And anyone who does tell you they can teach everything is lying to you. <laughs> like it's as simple as that. Um you need you need to you need to train with as many different people as possible. And sometimes they might give you an opinion that you can you want you you don't really agree with, that's fine. You can mm-hmm. discard that one thing, but take the other thing that you learn from them and keep that and add that to your repertoire, you know what I mean? So right away, um obviously most of the guys are based in Europe. Yeah, um, we do have we have guys in China, we have guys in Taiwan and you know Hong Kong all over the place, but mostly there's some guys in America, but there's mostly guys in Europe and um, obviously in the UK. Um, so I was like, right, I, I want to try and get some people that they won't have had the chance to to train with before. Mm-hmm. So one of the first the first guests I got on, well, I done one myself, and then at Craigo doing a class. Um, but the first international guest we got on was Selena De La Renta from MLW. Yeah. Which was an amazing class. She had a, a brilliant perspective because she's the executive producer for MLW. So in terms of like what these big sort of companies that are offering contracts and stuff are looking for, she's the one that can tell you what yeah. what's going to catch their eye. Um, and that was a brilliant, brilliant class, like really, really good. And we followed that up with a class with Buffer, um, who I'd met Buffer when I was um, when I was living in Shanghai. Um, and he'd done a lot of work with likes of um, Zero One and FMW and a lot of, sort of the, uh, your big Japanese promotions. Um, and even at that, he also worked for the like CZW and stuff while he was uh, while he was based in the states originally. And again, he put on another excellent class. Yeah. Um, so I've been really happy with how with the respect with the quality of the classes because I'm I'm watching these classes and I'm taking notes and I'm going, how, why didn't I think of this? How didn't I mm. know this before? Um, and I think one when, when I was training, I didn't really, I didn't really feel like I had that that kind of option. And we done we done the we had guest classes that were every so often, and there was a lot of them because I trained for a long time. Yeah. Um. But this is but out, uh, on the week to week basis, it was you were getting the same person's point of view. Mm. Whereas with this, I'm hoping that every single week they're learning something completely new and completely fresh. You know what I mean? I think my sort of big goal overall with it like 10 years down the line is like why couldn't this be open university for for wrestling mm. you know what i mean where if if, if you want to if you want to learn lucha libre you don't necessarily need to go to mexico you can learn some of that on a class with hector guerrero 
at the, the LKS Dojo, you know what I mean? Or you want to learn some sort of strong style stuff where you can learn that from Buffer at the mm. LKS Dojo, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's a tool that anybody all over the world can use and you can learn a million different styles from a million different people. I really like the idea of it as well. And I think because the internet's such a powerful tool now, and I'm not saying I've only just discovered it, but, you know, as, especially as a wrestling community, we all use yeah. it on a daily basis. Yeah. And it's so important for good business for you to use that strategy and to allow, rest, uh, to allow wrestlers, yourself and fans and the students and everyone, basically, to sort of communicate with each other and to sort of, you know, just give everyone a bit of advice and training. I, I really like the concept and I think it's great. I really do. Um, I'll put. I basically will put this in the description, and I know awesome. you got Justin. Awesome. You got Justin Credible. Is it this weekend? Yes, yeah, so we um, we have Justin Credible on. That's tomorrow. Um, tomorrow mm-hmm. at six pm. I seen that you had him on on the show as well. Um, he's been a yeah. sound guy. I'm looking forward to getting him on. Um, I think. I mean, the guy's a former ECW World Champion. Yeah. Um, spent a lot of time on the road with like Sean Michaels and Triple H. So I think if if he can share even just if he can just drop one knowledge bomb on us, you know what I mean, it blows away. It'll be worth I think it. He, I think I think he's gonna drop several. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a good guest. Like, big big good. classes we got on. We got um, Hector Guerrero coming on as well, and I believe that's in June. And um, we've got Doug Williams as well. So just like I said, it's oh, a Doug true Williams teaching not the, British wrestling. Absolutely, the ambassador. Like you got yeah. Doug Williams one week teaching who better to teach you about British wrestling than the ambassador, and oh, then yeah. who better to teach you about Lucha Libre than one of the Guerrero family? You know what I mean? Like so it's, Hector Guerrero, that is a good guess. Exactly, exactly. So it's um, lots of different styles, lots of different outlooks, and just try to give people as as much as much knowledge as they can as they can get. I like that. There's so much variety as well. But um, no, that's that's good, man. I'm gonna have to check one of them out. I probably will. I might have to say hi to Justin again. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. But um, no, that'd be good, man. As I had him on cheap plug um, on what you call it podcast. So <laughs> let's uh, talk about how I know you. And it was uh, basically because ICW joined the network. Um, I'm, I'm, I sort of dip in and dip out of different wrestling promotions as well. I mean, don't really sort of what I mostly watch, but it's uh, insane championship wrestling and ICW. So you made your debut, what, nearly 10 years ago now? About that? And it was... Uh, yeah, about eight, eight, about eight years ago. And the pay-per-view name just cracks me up, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Spaceballs episode. Is it episode four, <laughs> The New Hope? I just, I mean, it's just... I believe so. <laughs> uh, so I'm immature. Um, but yeah, so, great face. So basically, how did you end up there? What was that like for you? Uh, I just want to hear about it. Um, if this this part here, I may not ask questions because I just want to, you know, I just want to have a chat to you about it. What's it been like for you so far? Because you only recently just lost the tag team champion, which we uh, championship, which we mentioned at the beginning. So let's start off with how did you get there? And so I've been doing a lot of just general, just paying my dues. The mm-hmm. you know the the way you expect building the ring, doing ringside security, you know, doing, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was always just like I do now, just try to put myself in front, in front of as many eyes as possible and just try to make sure people know who I was. Um, and I'd been doing quite a bit on the on the Scottish scenes, um, a lot of the kind of smaller promotions and stuff and a lot of the family shows mm-hmm. had been picking me up. Um, and I think Dallas kind of knew about that. Then when Spaceballs came about, the whole kind of idea behind the Spaceballs shows, because there was a few of them, um, was that those would be the shows where sort of younger guys would get a chance. Mm-hmm. So that's why, I, that's why I came in there with my debut and wrestled Chris Renfrew. Um, but I was in a good position to be put in with Renfrew so early. Um, 
obviously he was part of the NEK at the time and was very much like a kind of main event guy. Um, and getting to come in and share the ring with somebody who was in a good position, was, it, you know, it put, put a lot of eyes on me and it sort of made people take notice of me. Um, and just early, especially in the kind of early days, like any time I got a, got a chance to to show what I could do, I really tried everything I could to to grab it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was getting put in with a lot, a lot of good people. Um, I was learning a lot. Um, and it just ICW was blown up, even though I was very, very early on in my ICW career. Um, I still did get to witness the sort of the boom sort mm. of period um, with Insane Fight Club and um, all the sort of documentaries on BBC and just yeah, the, the shows like Hydro and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so even though I was a, a sort of small cog in the machine, I was, I was still lucky enough to be there and get to, to witness these big crowds and to see all these these new eyes coming coming to the product and to to be a part of the the biggest boom in British wrestling since since the world of sport days um, mm-hmm. was was amazing, um, and like we were talking about earlier, just being in the garage and being in front of that crowd mm-hmm. is such a unique experience. It's it's addictive, you know what I mean. I I, I don't I don't ever want to stop, you know, yeah. working for ICW. What I don't ever want to stop wrestling in the garage. Um, I could be. The WWE champion, and I'd still, I'd still want go to back do that. Just... Yeah, I'd still, I'd still <laughs> want to do it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know how to sum it up. It's just, it's been, it's been brilliant. Um, mm. I, I think I've been incredibly lucky, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward. It's by, it's by no means is it anywhere close to over. Um, we've no. only just went on our first tag team title run. Um, there's gonna be, there's either gonna be one very, very long one, or there's gonna be many. So, um, Mate, so, some yeah, of the best tag teams we're, we're getting right back in it. Many, many tag team tart reigns. What is it that, that makes is... ICW special? Because obviously, I'm in I'm in Essex, and we have promotions like Progress and Rev Pro. Well, more London based, but in the south, basically, and they have their following, and they do quite bigger shows. But ICW just has something special. Like you said, the boom period, uh, the hydro, you know, you had so much attention and you had some of the biggest names coming to your um, to your brand, basically, Mick Foley, RVD, you know, just some of the names, Ricochet. If you had to sort of explain to a casual fan, what is ICW and what does it make it special? What makes it special, basically? I think I think each I think each promotion has has their kind of selling point. Like you were talking about progress, and they're they're really big on like um the strong style stuff. And fans of strong style wrestling, they're gonna that they're gonna they flock to to progress to see it. Yeah. Um, but that's obviously that's one style of wrestling, and some people want to see something a bit grittier and want to see something a bit a bit wilder. And that's that's what makes ICW special. Is it's in the name, it's insane, it's madness. You know what I mean? It's and in the best way possible, it's trash TV. It's wrestling the way that it used to be. It's wrestling like it was when you were growing up. You know what I mean? You're not. It's there's guys who are there. It's very, very much the kind of same things you you hear people saying about ECW. There's guys who are there. They're some of the best technical wrestlers in the world, and they're brilliant. Mm. But there's also guys like me who are throwing bins and chairs and everything else, and it's spilling into the crowd, and they're jumping off the roof, and it's a bit. It's just wild. Um, and from a fan perspective. It's fun to go to a family show and yeah. clap and cheer and cheer the baby faces and boo the heels and get a foam hand at the break and whatever else. Mm. But the sort of family shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're, you know, eighteen to thirty-five and it's a Saturday night or a Sunday night, 
it's a lot more appealing to go to ICW where you can get a drink. It's in a nightclub. The wrestling mm. isn't in front of you in the ring. It's almost on top of you. You can chart whatever you want as well. Like. Exactly. Like <laughs> you, the, there's there's no sort of restrictions. You know mm. what I mean? You you if if you think a guy's is a dick, tell him he's a dick. <laughs> like, that's fine. And um, you know you can get pissed up and have a good time. And yeah. it's you know, you some sometimes you, it's good to take the kids to the singing kettle, but sometimes you want to go to a rock and roll show. You know what I mean? And that's why ICW is it's rock and roll wrestling. That's a good way of putting it, right? I just like some just some of the shows I've seen, madness. I'm just I get jealous, and the vibe that I get is <laughs> I want to be there. So, uh, what have been some of your favourite matches and some of your favourite memories of ICW for your um, career? Uh, my my favourite match in ICW is definitely was the death match with Crowbar. Um, I. I've been sort of asking for for an opportunity like that. Um, when I when I started wrestling, I was very much a kind of comedy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the sort of smaller guy. You got the getting flung around and whatever else. And I was like, okay, I'm taking all these big bumps for comedic effect, whereas I could be getting a sort of different reaction by doing the same similar thing because. You know, some people were taking the same bumps I would take, or bumps less than what I would take, and everyone's going, oh, my God, I see dub, I see dub, and they're, they're, going, they're losing their mind. Whereas, like, Wolfgang's tossing me from the middle of the ring into the crowd, and they're laughing and going, ah, ha, ha, looking sharp, so short. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, no, looking sharp just, like, got tossed across a nightclub and landed on the floor, you know what I mean? So I was like, no, I want to I wanna, I wanna embrace that and I want to make that my thing. I want people to look at that in a different light. Mm. Um, so I said, I want to get any other kind of hardcore stuff and the deathmatch stuff. And again, I always did, like I said, it's rock and roll wrestling. That At least that's my perception of it. Um, that's what the fans wanted. They wanted rock and roll. They want madness. They want a bit of aggression. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what I wanted to give them. So it was, that was my first chance to really go in and say, this is what I can do and I'm here. Mm-hmm. and I'm ready to do this you know what I mean I'm not just this comedy guy um, and sort of personally it was I think I felt like I was saying I'm not a kid anymore yeah you know what I mean like because when I first when I debuted in ICW I wasn't old enough to be in the building you know what I mean like I was, I was only 16 years old when I debuted for ICW wrestling in nightclubs with, and oh, they used to chant oh you've got school in the morning and <laughs> sorry the, the, and they, they all they all <laughs> They, all, they always <laughs> chanted that at like shorter guys they just chant you've got school in the morning but with me I, I, did. I did like I did have school in the morning you know what I mean um, and I would make a joke of it I'd tell them like, well I got English first I got maths <laughs> you know I mean? um, but again um, and I'll, the fans had sort of seen me growing up like, I, feel like, I feel like I've had this really sort of unique connection with them where they see yeah. me they've literally they've watched, they've watched me grow up in, in the garage um, and I feel like that death match was me saying like this is this is I'm a man now you know what I mean um, I, I had my time where I was a young boy and I was a comedy guy but I'm here to show people what I've got now um, what I've what I've learned from from growing up in in this in this business. That's great, man. So I'm still laughing a bit at that. You've got more than one. <laughs> Never heard that before, surprisingly. So as I said earlier, I'm quite mature. So <clears throat> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but no, it's, it's good to hear sort of your breakdown sort of become basically, you know, kid adulthood to adulthood, basically. That's yeah. um, good, man. Um, I just want to talk about, uh, I know you wrestled the Young Bucks and Devon Dudley. And I know yeah. you've about them before. So I just want to know, I just basically want to have you speak about them on the podcast as well. Um, I just want to know what's that like for you personally uh, to work with them, and also I do want to ask. Actually, no, wait, I wait for the question first. I wait for your answer. Uh, I jump the gun uh, sometimes. My bad. So, <laughs> I mean, what all three of them is 
there's probably two biggest matches I've had was the match with the Young Bucks and the match with Devon Dudley. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll start with the Young Bucks. Like I'd only, I'd only just debuted for Discovery Wrestling. I had one match for this promotion before then, um, and I believe it was only their second show that they that they ever ran. Obviously, they're one of the, one of Scotland's biggest, well, one of the UK's biggest promotions now. Yeah. Um, and I was so I I showed up um, and I didn't even have my gear on, and the promoter comes but pulls me aside and he's like, "Are you free for our next show?" I'm like, "Yeah." Um, he tells me he's putting me under the Young Bucks. And I was like, okay, like, this is, do you know what I mean? I, in my head, I'm like, I need to show up here and, you know, try and get on to the, the next show. And before mm. I even put my gear on, he's telling me I'm going to work for the, the Young and Bucks. And then you the end up time. working with one of the hottest tag teams in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it was wild. Um, and at the time, I'd been doing this, um, I went on to do this stuff with Joe Hendry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the sort of beginning of that. And that also led to me working with Tommy Dreamer as well later on in the feud. Um, so Discovery was Discovery has been brilliant for for my career and, and that sort of sense of who who I've had the chance to work with and obviously even getting to work with Joe. Joe's went on to Ring mm. of Honor and the Commonwealth Games and all all kinds of things. Um, yeah. No, I really like his videos and sort of the uh, the intro videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so so creative and so charismatic. Um, and getting to sort of have him in there alongside me while we were working with him was really good. Mm. Um, but they are just a different class of wrestler. Like people don't understand. Like even if you if you even if you don't like that style of wrestling, you gotta appreciate like, what they do. Yeah, they they are they are just just as wrestlers, just as pro wrestlers, mm. they are a different breed. Like they're amazing. Mm. Like even if you don't if you don't like what they do, that's fine. But you can't help but appreciate that these guys are incredibly talented. Yeah, just like the timing and like athleticism. Absolutely, as well. absolutely. The best, the best, the best tag team in the world, and I think the the, the best tag team for a long, long time. Like it's been a long time since there's been any tag team that has that kind of that chemistry and connection, and just it's just so over as well. Um, and get getting to work with them while they was while they were so over on the indies and while they were going everywhere, and you know people were flocking to see them. Was again, it was I was very lucky to to have witnessed that and been a been a part of it for a night. That's cool, man. I'd like to know about the name, by the way. Because um, I, like Just Incredible, for example, that took me yeah. years to actually get what it was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a bit thick. So I want to know, how did you come up with the name? Because it is fucking cool. I really like it. Um, I, I think I was pronounced like Liu Kang, like from, from that, <laughs> um, uh, quite a while ago. And then I was like, Ah, looking sharp. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, it's not, it's not very exciting. I went to school with a boy, um, and his his name was Harry Sharp, but his middle name was Luke. You know, so it was Luke Sharp, and I was like, "Oh no, that's cool, that's cool." Um, and this is like this while I was in high school, so I debuted. So I was like, you know, I used your name at the weekend. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just had I was speaking to my uncle, um, the same one that, that got me into wrestling, and he yeah. I believe it I believe it was him that, that added the king, um, and I just thought well that's kind of different like a, a free tier name kind of thing, um, so again I just thought right I'll go I'll go with that it's pretty cool, um, and it's just it something that makes me a wee bit different for everybody else. So you really did have school in the morning then? So I legit I did I did like I was I, like. Uh, for for several years, I was wrestling on the indie scene and had had school the next day. <laughs> oh wow! I, I remember, I remember when I won the pro, I won the pro wrestling elite tag team titles. 
Mm. I, I can't remember what it was my gym teacher said, but they made some comment about how I wasn't an athlete or something. They made some comment to me in PE class, and I just fucking swaggered in the next day. It was like on the Friday or whatever they said something, and then I won the PW tag titles at the weekend. Swaggered back in on the Monday with my fucking belts. You know I, mean? <laughs> I ain't no athlete. I ain't no athlete. <laughs> you were saying that. <laughs> So that, actually, that, was, that was cool. I thought it was going to be from the... Um, <laughs> we'll send the link to this. I mean, if it gets, yeah, if it gets more yeah. views for us, I'm happy with that. Take that. <laughs> like, hope, don't report it, please. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be from like, Dizzy Rascal song, like, Fix Up, Look Sharp, wait, something wait. like that. Well, when, when that came after the name, um, I, I, did, I did like Dizzy Rascal. Um, mm. And just what as soon as I think it must have been the first song I listened to after I came up with the name was like, oh hold on. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's all it's coming together now. Ah, it's a wicked song, man. Uh basically to wrap this up, I uh, really enjoyed this interview, by the way. Um, oh, thank it's you been, very much. been a good laugh and a good chat as well. I've learned a lot myself. Um I I basically like to know, because I know you're a big gamer. Uh, yeah, yeah, what are you thing. currently playing at the moment? And what's your favorite console of all time? All right, that's a hard one. Um well, right, what I'm playing right now, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I used to really, really love the Assassin's Creed series, and then when they, be, I, I felt like they were bringing it, there was like when it became like a yearly release. Yeah. So I overdone it a bit for me. I sort of fell away for a few years. But my wee brother, he's always been right into it, um, and I've been watching him playing them and stuff, and that caught my eye again. And Valhalla is just amazing. It's brilliant. Um, what it what. It, it doesn't really feel so much like an like an Assassin's Creed game that I'm used to, but just in terms of like an RPG, it's brilliant. Yeah, um, really enjoying that. In terms of my favorite console of all time, I, I mean, I think I may have to say the PS2, which I feel like is a, I feel like it's a I feel like it's a pretty basic answer, but I start, I'm stuck between the PS2 and the GameCube. Oh, those are, GameCube those would have got a better reaction from really, me. Really. You know, got that sort of nostalgic feeling for so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with either PS2 or the GameCube. Maybe a joint answer. Not to say I didn't like the PS2, but I just had nothing but trouble with it. Like it always like just take ages. Games would get broken easily. It was just a pain. It was slow. I mean, oh, so me was, that, was that PS2? You, yeah, you oh, GameCube. I love. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the disc yeah. were a bit of a nightmare. The size of them. Um, and sometimes if I was, you know, in a rush, up broke. I'll get there. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> um, but no, no, that's that's cool. I mean, I love the GameCube as well. Uh, so we're gonna sort of come to an end. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I just want to know what's it like for you to be wrestling on the network, which is watched by millions and millions of people. Not trying to do the right then, um, <laughs> but just like as a fan, I mean, I'm, I saw myself on progress for like three seconds, and I'm just I'm coming from the toilet, and you just see me walking. I screenshot and sent it to everyone. So I can't, I can't imagine <laughs> you, what it's like for you to, you know. That if you search your name, you come up. Search me, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to know for you as a fan and as a wrestler, what's it like for you to be in the network? I've, I mean, as a wrestler, it's like one of the most, one of the biggest honors that you can get. It's mm. it's performing on the biggest stage um, that any, any anybody in any sport wants to be on the biggest stage it can possibly be. If you're a football player, you want to play in the Champions League. You know what I mean? If you're yeah. in the NBA, you want to be in the playoffs. Um, for a wrestler, being in the WWE, that's a, that's the biggest game that you can be on, and being mm. on their network and all of their fans having access to me is an incredible honor, and it's you know it's going to do big things for my career, I hope. Um, mm. But the much more exciting answer as a fan is it's really fucking cool. <laughs> 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 
really awesome, fucking man. cool. Just, that's, that's, that's awesome. Like, just... like I, I just like you were saying about searching your name. Like I'm the biggest wrestler mark in the fucking world. I don't care. You've done it a few uh, times, haven't you? Yeah. Like 100%, 100%, 100%, like I lose my mind. Like I search my name and then it comes up, you know, next to Captain Lou Albano. Like, what you know what I mean? Next to Lou Fez, all the great Lou's were all there, you know what I mean? I mean who are those? No one cares about them, exactly. <laughs> those guys are B show guys, man. Yeah, man, it's just a couple of jobbers. That's a joke, by the way. Anyone you'll get some purists, they'll comment, like, Ooh. yeah, we're gonna go really, really break some hearts for that one. They're great, yeah, they're great. You know what you talk <laughs> um, nah, imagine being cool, man, and especially you get to do it for your favorite company in your in your country and you get to be in the network in the biggest platform so that's awesome man so i, I want to thank you for coming on to what do you call it podcast today it's been really enjoyed this um i'll sleep you with mine bro and i didn't just buy it for today <laughs> by the way as you can see they're multi-pack cans so i drink a lot <laughs> um, but i have to brush my teeth extra harder <laughs> uh, where can fans find you on social media um, so it's at looking sharp uk on mm-hmm. um, twitter and on instagram you can get me at Looking Sharp on Facebook, Looking Sharp TV on YouTube. And if there's any aspiring wrestlers watching or anybody who just wants to know a bit more about the wrestling business, you can join LKS Online Dojo on Facebook. Just search us in the search bar and hit groups and we'll be right there at the top. You can join me, Hector Guerrero, Selena De La Renta, Justin Credible and a million other big, the biggest names in the wrestling industry. And they're coming to share knowledge with yourself. So it would be a pleasure to have you. All that information will be in the description. Thank you for your time, and everyone, have a good bank holiday weekend, unless you're in America, because that means nothing. Take care.